Hello, and welcome to Because Nature Tells Me So. I'm Susan Charks. This podcast, which originates from scenic, historic, and still beautiful Bucks County, Pennsylvania, features my writings about nature. This week, I'll be reading my latest Nature's Way column, Here's Looking at You. The printed version appeared in the December 8, 2005 issue of the Doylestown Patriot. Here's Looking at You. Returning to the Central Bucks area after a long sabbatical in the southeastern Tennessee mountains, I feel as if I've taken off my glasses and have to refocus. I'm still blinking. The southern Appalachians are a Times Square of nature. On every forest hike I'd find myself thinking, now this is how a woods should look and sound. Green leaves of all shapes and sizes hang like banners from understory to tree canopy. Wildflowers cover every available space like the remains of a ticker tape parade. Curled lichens sheath tree trunks like so many tattered theater flyers tacked to light poles. Spiders, millipedes, snails, beetles, and snakes throng the trails. Birds sing and swoop through the air. Streams brim with fish, mollusks, and crustaceans. Hidden caves and grottoes shelter odd creatures and rare plants. From a cliff-top perch, the sprawling panorama unfolds as dramatically as the view from the tallest skyscraper. What is writ large in those mountains seems jotted on a grain of rice here. The reasons for the remarkable biodiversity of the Tennessee mountains are as various as the forms of life that inhabit the area, but chiefly it's the lack of development, albeit with much of the forest land used for logging, which has left plenty of space for plants and animals to thrive. Open space in Central Bucks inspires fierce protection battles, but the space is open only between huge swaths of land that's inhospitable to most life other than the two-legged variety. There's green here, yet much of the green is an illusion, a lawn desert where nothing but grass lives, or woods that are like old-age homes for trees because deer are consuming the younger generation. And yet, flourishing here, even in cramped yards in the center of historic Doylestown where I live now, is one of the most beguiling of nature's forms. It's right beneath our feet, and it's all over. It lives in decaying wood and bark, so it's common in forest debris, but it's just as comfortable in wood-chip mulch. You may have to squint, but you'll know it when you see it. Clusters of tiny woolen tan goblets, no more than a quarter inch in diameter. They start out with closed, sunken tops, looking like miniature knitted winter hats. The cups eventually open to reveal a clutch of glossy black bits, flattened and triangular in profile, like lentils or minuscule Ikebana stones. Each of these sixteenth-inch diameter paradioles is attached to the inside wall of the cup with a slender, coiled filament. These structures look like eggs, and in fact perform a similar reproductive function. They're spore cases. Eggs in a cup. No wonder Cyathus striatus is commonly called a bird's nest fungus. Even to the naked eye, the structure is fascinating. Under a magnifying lens, it's downright deceiving. Like the avian nest, the fungal nest holds offspring until the moment is right for them to leave and start a new life on their own. But whereas juvenile birds are nudged out of the nest by their parents as soon as they can fly, in the case of the mushroom, the send-off is actually built into the structure. How? Hint. These fungi are also called splash cups. There's a white picket fence around the border of my house. The fence encloses a line of hedges tucked into bed with hardwood mulch, and on the mulch happily grow colonies of cyathus. The lower half of each picket is dotted with small black circles. To the casual observer they look like mud splashes, spattered there when the rain hits the mulch. They're splashes, all right, but the dots are not mud. They're the spore cases of the bird's nest fungus. The inner wall of each nest slants out at the precise angle that will eject the spore case when a raindrop hits the cup. The egg is expelled upward by the force of the water, up to a yard or more away, where it sticks to the closest surface. 
The dots are obvious on a white fence or siding. But if you examine the underside of nearby leaves or the soil surrounding the mushrooms, you'll see the eggs there also. Once stuck to a surface, the spore cases are ready to germinate, although they'll do nothing unless the substrate is dead wood. Shortly after I'd settled into my new home, the balmy Indian summer abruptly gave way to autumn chill. Overnight, windy rain sloshed the eggs out of the birds' nests. Okay, so there's no Times Square here. No ticker tape parades for my return, either. Just an exuberant toast from nature's bottomless cup. To life. And that's this week's edition of Because Nature Tells Me So. Please visit my website, www.susancharks.com, for more information about me and my writings. Your comments are always welcome. Email susan at susancharks.com. Thanks for listening.